Praise God. God is a good God. Amen. Hope everyone's doing well. I know it's kind of cold. I know we were supposed to be on spring break last week, but it felt more like winter break. Um, thank God I looked at the weather. It's going to be a little warmer this next week. I'm ready for summertime. If not, I'm going to move to Florida. Um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't do cold weather. I'm kind of like the, the birds that migrate in the wintertime, you know. And so, um, you know, that's one thing I do miss when my grandfather was here. And, and every time in the wintertime, we would go to Florida or go somewhere warm because, you know, he always says, well, you know, birds are smart enough to go, you know, south for the winter. So we do too. You know, we, we never booked a um, um, crusade up north in the wintertime. We always booked one in, in the south. Um, I do know probably the closest thing one time in October, we, we, were in no, we were in Minnesota. You know, that was kind of a close call, but we, it was warm enough. It wasn't too bad. Amen. Well, um, something unusual is happening um, this week and next week. Um, I'm actually preaching two weeks in a row at Rainbow Bible Church on Sunday morning, which never happens. In fact, I don't know if it's ever happened since I became an associate, I think back in 1993. So I decided to um, just do a two-part series on faith. Amen. Uh, amen. So, so this weekend, next week, we're going to talk about faith and just a simple message. I mean, you know, um, my grandfather always, he, he spoke simple messages every time. In fact, I know that there, he was talking about one time that I think he was ministering three weeks at a church. And um, the third week, um, some gentleman came and says, well, when are you going to move on to something deeper? He says, whenever you get it. Um, you know, that, that's the thing is sometimes that, that we, um, we don't understand, you know, we don't understand where we're at. So, so something deeper is not going to work anyway. Um, if you have your Bibles or your devices, turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark eleven twenty two, and for those that don't know, most people think my favorite verse is John ten ten. It's not. My favorite verse is Mark eleven twenty two. If I ever sign your Bible or your book, this is what I'll put in your Bible in your book. Mark eleven twenty two. It's my keynote scripture in life. It says, "So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God.' Now I want you to notice those two last words. It says, "In God." All right. When we have faith, we have faith in God. It doesn't say have faith in yourself. It doesn't say have faith in your pastor. It doesn't say have faith in your parents. It doesn't say have faith in anybody except for God. All right? Now, you realize that God is able to do anything? All right? So if our faith is in God and him alone, I mean, so, you know, if we can't believe that God's going to do it, then I don't know who, who's going to do it. Amen? So it says have faith. Now, Many of you wonder, well, what is faith? In order to have something, we have to know what it is, right? We can't have something if we don't know what faith is. And so that brings us to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like the first two words that says now faith. You know, when we have faith, we have to have now faith. Now, when we have faith, it's there now. Now, what does that mean? That means you believe. Now. 
It doesn't mean, some people think, well, if I do something, I can finally get faith. No, when faith comes in, it's now. All right, so you realize that whenever you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he came into your heart immediately, now? You didn't have to wait for him to come? Well, why did he come into your heart? Well, because you asked him. Now, I have never seen anybody come for salvation and then later on says, well, I think I got it. I mean, when people get salvation, they get it. But I've seen a lot of people when it comes to healing or comes to, you know, finances or whatever, they're still wondering whether they got it or not. Um, I remember there was a lady, I know exactly where she was. It was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, somewhere between 1985 and 1985, 86, 87, 86, 86, 87, 88. I can't remember. We were there for three years in a row at University of Pennsylvania, right across the street. Um, um, we were in Pennsylvania and this lady came in the healing line. Afterwards, she was at the book table um, and she was looking at the books. One of the um, team members, remember her in the healing line, said, well, did you get healed tonight? You know what her answer was? Well, I sure hope so. Well, hope is not faith. All right? Because this says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if we want to know what faith really is, we have to go to your dictionary. All right? Now, the first dictionary that I ever looked up, I know this sounds really weird. See, before we had Google and before, you know, that I could just look things, you know, up online... I carried a dictionary with me. And sometimes when I wanted to look up words, I looked them up because that was the only thing that I had. I didn't have Google to be able to look at the meaning of words. All I had was a dictionary or the encyclopedia. Anyone remember encyclopedias? But when I traveled, I didn't, couldn't carry the whole encyclopedia with me, okay? So I carried a little dictionary. I got this dictionary when I walked into the student union, Oklahoma State University. There was this nice lady there. And um, she, I think, worked for Citibank. I don't know, one credit card company. And she says, if you apply for this credit card, um, then we will, I will give you this dictionary. And there's also the source. And also there were three books. I'm not sure what the, the third book was. And so, um, and whether you get the credit card or not, you're going to get this dictionary. And so, I had that dictionary and I, I used it for, for a long time. I, I put it in my briefcase. There's um, a couple of things that I would carry in my briefcase everywhere. I would carry my dictionary, a Strong's and a Vines. All right, those are the, and, and you know, the Bible, I, I wouldn't have my briefcase, I just have with me. And those are, that's, those are my study material. Now, some of you guys don't know how fortunate you are. You don't realize how, how easy it is, you know, nowadays with, with, with online resources and everything else. I mean, you know, I, I know there's some people that never study. They just go find somebody else's message online and preach it. In fact, there, there's probably, well, there, I don't, I mean, there's companies out there that will get a message for you. And if that's not all, there's... Um, chat boxes or whatever is artificial intelligence, they'll, they'll write a message for you. Um, anyway, so, but my dictionary I had 
was the Webster's New World Dictionary, which is kind of a collegiate dictionary. And I'm glad I had that because um, after I had been preaching for a number of years, mainly on the subject of faith and healing, um, it hit me one day that I had never looked up the word faith in the dictionary. Never. Not one time. And so um, I, I, I know exactly where I was. I was in Hampton, Virginia. Um, no, it was in Richmond, Virginia. Sorry, Richmond, Virginia. Um, and we were preaching there. I was, and so I looked up the word faith in the dictionary, Webster's New World Dictionary. Mine was the 7th edition. Last time I looked at Walmart, the 11th edition was out. Um, anyway, I also found out yourdictionary.com now is the same as Webster's New World Dictionary. So definition number one, complete trust, confidence, or reliance. All right. Definition number two is the one that changed my life. It says an unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. An unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. That's the definition of faith. So what is faith? It's an unquestioning belief. Now, I know that I've done it. I know that you've done it. Have we ever, you know, believed God for something? And then one day it says, well, ask God, God, when is this going to happen? Anyone ever done that? Do you realize when is a question? So if you're asking, when is this going to happen? First, that's a question. That's not faith. Faith is knowing it has happened even when you have no evidence. That's the definition of faith. I know it has already happened. It's already happened. Technically, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ, you know, died on the cross and he rose on the third day. We're going to celebrate Easter coming up in a couple of weeks. All right. And some people only think about Jesus dying on the cross on Easter. But, you know, in fact, some people only come to church on Christmas and Easter. Um, but if you're asking a question, you're not in faith. And that's, it's really helped me. It's helped me, you know, you know, tremendously because any time that I've asked God a question, then I w- I'm able to realize that I'm not in faith because I'm asking a question. So how can I be in faith if I'm asking a question? So I was trying to think, every time I preach, I try to think of an example to make it easier and easier. And, easier. I, and I have one. Um, actually, I was thinking about this before. Um, on Friday. So on, on Friday, um, my um, granddaughter wanted to go bowling. All right. Actually, she wanted to go bowling on Monday, but we went on Friday. Um, we were on spring break. And so she wanted to go bowling. And um, here's the thing. So whenever we were going to go bowling, you realize that I already had faith that I was going to win There was no question whether I was going to win or not. Now, my wife questioned that a little bit. But um, here's the thing. I know my bowling ability. All right. I'm not the best bowler in the world, but I know I'm better than my wife and my granddaughter. All right. Even my granddaughter has bumpers. And I, I, I know that I could beat them every time, even without my own ball. Now, some of you don't know my bowling ability. When, when I was in second grade, I think it was, I joined a bowling league. All right. And um, during, when I, when I joined the bowling league, um, we raised, we did a fundraiser, you know, every, everyone does, does these fundraisers and we 
we sold this thing called Purdy Pads. And it was a notepad that had, was, had like flowers and stuff on them or whatever. And so um, the person who sold the most Purdy Pads got a bowling ball, a bowling bag, and bowling shoes. So because of my mom and my dad helping me out, and also going door to door, that I won. So I had a bowling ball, um, a bowling bag, and a bowling shoes. I still have the bag. I've bought two or three bowling balls since then and some bowling shoes since then. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm not the best bowler in the world, but I'm confident in my bowling game or, or I'm confident, maybe I'm also confident in their game. I, I know what they can do and I know what I can do. I know normally when I bowl that I'm going to probably um, get between 120 and 180. All right, that's, that's where I normally hand up. I mean, a bad game, you know, if, if my worst, I'll get right around 100 usually. And so I was confident. I was fully persuaded that I was going to win. There was no question whether I was going to win or not. Now, if my, if my boys would have been there, then I would have been 80% confident that I would have won. All right? Knowing I'm a better bowler than anybody else in my family... Not that I'm the best bowler in the world, but I'm a better bowler than anybody else in my family. But I know my kids can beat me every once in a while, all right? Because they can throw the ball pretty hard. Sometimes you, do, you, know, you throw it hard enough, the pins go down, all right? So um, now let me tell you how my first frame went, all right? So first of all, um, you know, I'm at a, a lane, that I'm, a place I've never bowled before, using a ball I never used before. And um, normally, some, anyone here bowlers? All right, all right. I have a fingertip ball is what I normally have. Uh, I don't know where it's at somewhere. No, I haven't bowled in probably three or four, five years, something like that. Synergies went bowling the other day, but I had another activity, so I wasn't able to go bowling with them. Um, anyway, so, um, so my um, first frame, I'm the last one, you know. I don't know, they, both, they all bowled and they got... I don't know, four or five, six pins each. Um, so I go for my first, my first thing, you know, and I try to put a curve on it. I curve so well, it, it um, barely hit three pins. Now, do you think my faith was shaken that I was going to lose the game after I hit my three? So guess what? So I came out next time, put my curve on it, curved in the gutter. So after the first frame, I got three pins, three. So it looked like that I'm behind. Now see, that, that's what happens with our life. Sometimes we get to the first frame and it looks like that things are not gonna work out. And that's when we start to lose our faith. That's when we start to question because it doesn't look like it's gonna work out for us. You know, but I was fully persuaded that I had nine frames left that I was going to win, all right? Um, now, did I have an assurance? I mean, no, I mean, you know, the game wasn't over. And then I don't know if any of you have been watching basketball over the weekend, there are some teams that were not supposed to win that won, right? So, um, well, Craig, you only got three, three pins. Your granddaughter beat you the first frame. So, so, you know, what happened the next frame? I got a strike. 
Then what happened in the next frame? I got another strike. Now, I want to go on record that neither one of them should have been a strike, okay? Um, because if you're bold enough, you know pin action, and the way I hit the thing, the, 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 the head pin shouldn't have went down, but for some reason, those pins did not act normally, and they went down. I got two strikes in a row. I'm pretty confident at this point. So guess what happened in the next frame? I got like four. But then I came back and met my despair. You know, and that's how it is. Sometimes whenever we're, we're in a quote-unquote faith battle, it seems, you know, things are going really well, and then things kind of not good again. It's not going to happen. But we have to keep believing. We keep believing, you know, because our faith is in God. It's not in ourselves. Now, in this bowling game, I had belief in my natural ability. But I know that I only have so much natural ability. You know, as awesome as we all think we are, we only have so much natural ability. Because there is a lot of you in this room that could beat me bowling. All right? On most days. All right? But I had, I had faith in my ability to beat my opponents. And that's what you have to do. You have to have faith in God's ability to beat your opponents. Who's your opponent? The devil. Well, Jesus already whipped the devil. All right. Now, see, the thing about it is, is that our mind says, well, it's not going to happen because we just got three pins. But it doesn't matter how things start out. It doesn't matter what happens. What matters is we need to believe. Now, we, we just fully have faith. I was fully confident. It didn't matter how many pins I hit. I'm confident I'm going to win the game. Now, it turned out that I, I bowled a 129, all right? I got a couple more strikes, a um, couple more spares. But the next game happened. I, now I'm confident because I'm doing really well. So guess what happened in the first frame? First, first ball out, the next game, I put it in the gutter. Come back to my curve again, all right? Next ball, I got three pins. I started out the second game just like I started out the first game. But guess what? The second game didn't go as well as the, as the, the first game went. Every frame, I couldn't, I couldn't knock all the pins down. Like I told you, the pin action wasn't like it should be. Um, you know, sometimes my bowling ability wasn't like it should be either. Also, I don't know, I, I've, I've never jammed the top knuckle in my finger, but for some reason, this top knuckle right here um, hurt. It still hurts right now. Somehow I jammed my top knuckle, you know, and every time I would bowl, it would hurt. Now that's making excuses. But I'm here to tell you, we come to the fifth frame, I'm behind. I'm losing. All right. I mean, it looks like I'm not going to win. I bowled probably my worst game ever, um, but I still won. <laughs> because I just kept knocking pins down, you know, en enough. Um, I think I did get one spare. I don't think I got any. Did I make one strike? I don't know. I bowled an 88. <laughs> Terrible. But it's better than a 71. Which... Both my wife and my granddaughter got a 71 and tied. 
all right? They were all ahead of me, the whole, I mean, up to like the sixth or seventh frame. But I still had confidence I'm going to beat them. Now, I would have lost to most of you here in this room, probably. All right, now, just to, just to full disclosure, my wife has a torn meniscus and it's in a knee brace. So she can't even, I mean, her bowling approach is not very good. Um, you know, she couldn't find a ball. That, that's another thing. Whenever you're using balls that, that you don't know, you know I mean, they don't fit your fingers right or whatever, you know, but I was fully persuaded I was going to win. And that's what we have to do. We have to be fully persuaded that not that we're going to win, that we have already won. It's our, now, you know, at that point in time, I hadn't won, but I knew I was going to win. There was no doubt that I was, whether I was going to win or not. Why was there no doubt? Because I, I knew that at my worst game, I could still beat them. All right. Well, here's the thing. God doesn't have a worse game. See, your trust and your faith is in God. So you're not going to lose as long as you believe. Only believe. All things are possible if you believe. That's Mark 9, 23. Now, um, you know, so right here, Mark 11, um, 1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So my faith is the evidence, it's all the evidence I need. All right. Um, now, just for you guys that are wondering what the definition of hope is, some of you might be sitting there wondering. According to Webster's New World Dictionary, hope, hope is to desire and consider possible, to wish for a particular event that one considers possible. A feeling that what is wanted may happen. All right. So, um, you know, when you hope for something, that's not faith. A lot of people are in hope and not in faith. Not in faith. They're hoping it's going to happen. They're wishing it's going to happen. You know, some of them might even be 70% confident it's going to happen. But faith is knowing it has already happened. Now, we need to realize that Jesus died on the cross roughly 2,000 years ago. He's not going to die on the cross anymore. All right. He's already given you all, everything that you need. Now it's up to you to believe. Now, um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, the New Living Translation says this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Um, uh, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. So, um, you know, first of all, we're in hope, and then we, we decide to get in faith. Now, it's really easy to be in faith whenever it comes to God. Now, when it comes to me and my ability, um, you know, like I said, I had faith I'm going to beat my, you know, my wife and my granddaughter, but I didn't have faith that I'm going to beat a lot of people. All right? Because, but... My faith in God, I mean, you know, there is no one that's going to beat my God. You realize that? Now, also, you know, I'm, my grandfather has a statement. Um, God says it. I believe it, and that settles it. All right? So, you know, or someone says the Bible says it. Well, so I know what the Bible says. 
So I know all I have to do is believe what the word of God says. I know that God is not a liar. I know Jesus is not a liar. See, after the words have faith in God, then Jesus, then we talked about the mountain, but we're going to get there later on. All right. So um, the Amplified Classic, I guess there's a new Amplified version, but the Amplified Classic says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact um, what is not revealed to the senses. Now, let us talk about this. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Now, many of you know what a title is, right? You have a title to your car. You might have a, a title deed to your house. Now, do you realize that um, if for some reason you gave me the key to your car or the key to your house, um, that doesn't make that car mine or that house mine. Yeah, but I have the key. Still doesn't make it mine. You still have the title. You still have the title deed. It's yours. Even though you gave me the key, and now, if I have the key, I could get into your house or I could drive your car, but it's not mine. Now, faith is the title deed. That means I have it. Why do I have it? Because my God's a good God. All right, when I have the title deed, it belongs to me. My healing belongs to me. Whatever I'm, I'm believing for, it belongs to me because I have the title. And if you tell me it doesn't belong to me because you have keys, I'll tell you, I don't care whether you have keys or not. I have a piece of paper that says it's mine. Now you could take those keys and steal my car, but then I would call the police on you. And they would go get it back because that car belongs to me because I have the title. All right, now... Your title might also have the finance company on there too, which means it belongs to you and the finance company. Now, they might have the right to take it from you because you don't make your payment, all right? But nobody else does. Here's the thing, with your title, it's you and God. No one's gonna take it away from God. Your father has already provided it for you. And, um, you know, a lot of people are questioning whether it's going to happen or not. Well, see, faith, you know, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, we were healed. Words past tense. Now, people are trying to get something they already have. They're trying to, you know, they're like, well, one day I'm going to be healed. No, now faith is. I believe that I have something even when I don't see it even when I don't feel it, even when it doesn't look like it, even though that I only got three pins the first frame. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is what do you believe? What do you believe? Now, if you don't know whether you got it or not, then you're not in faith. So many of us are not in faith and we think we're in faith. In fact, um, technically, I know I don't, sometimes we, I, I, I don't try to correct you, 
But if, if you're believing for your healing, that's not really the way you should do it. You should believe that you have been healed. See, a lot of people, so believing means I don't have it yet. I'm believing. No, I believe that I'm healed. I believe my needs are met. So there's a difference between believing and, and having a belief. See, I know that my God is able to meet my needs. The Bible says so. It, it's, it says he's able to meet my needs. Philippians, you know, 4.13 or 4, not 4, 4, 19, I guess. You know, my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches and the glory by Christ Jesus. And so I, I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to wonder, well, you think he will? Do you think God's going to provide? See, what, when, when we're not fully persuaded, really what we're saying is we don't believe that God is able or we don't believe that Jesus did die on the cross. We don't, we don't believe that he provided. Because, I mean, how hard is it to believe in God? It's not that hard at all. But a lot of people are like the, the disciple Thomas. Well, if I see it, I'll believe it. No, faith is believing it before you see it. Believing you have something. See, faith is the evidence. Faith comes now, it's the evidence before you actually see it. Well, how does that work? That just sounds weird. Well, it's, it's just true. I believe that my God has provided all my needs. And, um, you know, couple more translations because we're running out of time. Hebrews 11, 1, the, pa- the Passion Translation says this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith is all the evidence we need. You know, now many people will look at you and say, think you're crazy. All right, well, you're believing, you believe you have something when you don't, I don't see it. Doesn't matter whether you see it or not. You know, I'm not looking at your faith. I know my faith. I know I have some. The voice translation says it this way. It says, faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for. The absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. So even when you haven't seen it, your faith is you have it. Why do you have it? Because your God is good. We serve a good God. And our God wants to provide for us. I mean, he has provided for us and he wants us to partake of that. Now, everything that we receive from God is through our faith. Through our faith. That's how we receive from God, through our faith. We believe that he has done it for us. And so, I mean, there is no question. I've never questioned um, whether God is going to be able to do it or not. Now, I might question whether I'm going to be able to do it or not, but I've never questioned whether God can do it or not. See, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not capable of everything, but my God is. My faith is in my God. 
That's why I started out with Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. So when we're having faith, my faith is not in myself. And that, that's why where we miss it because we're trying to have faith in ourselves. Well, if I just believe enough. No, I mean, I believe it's already happened. I don't have to keep believing or keep, or some people think, well, you know, basically though, this is not the way they really pray, but this is kind of what it sounds like to God. God, please, pretty please with sugar on top, pretty please, please do this for me. I mean, they're like begging God to do something for them. Well, you know, God's already done things for you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for you. And then, um, you know, he gave us the ability to receive. Now, um, looking at Hebrews 11.3, Hebrews 11.3, I'll, I'll read this from the Living Translation. It says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything um, that can be seen. Now, see, God created the universe by speaking the words, you know, let there be light and there was light. And all, the, all these things happen. You know, so the thing about it is, you know, you know, no one here really exactly, you know, we weren't, no one here was there that day when God said, let there be light. Now we believe it happened well, you know, some people, they believe in the big bang theory. Well, maybe God made a big bang. I don't know. It doesn't matter because, you know, my faith is that, that well, I, I don't have to, you know, understand whether the universe was created or not because I live in the universe. I now see what he's created. And, and so, but you realize that all came from nothing. See, my faith is in that God. It's in that God. Now, I want you to look at your hands, look at your body. Now, if you are a male in this room, and for, some, for help everyone out, there's only two genders, male and female. Just want to let everyone know ahead of time. Okay, okay. So if you are a male in this room, when you look at your body, you look at all, you realize that you came from dust. All right, Dust. Dust. If you happen to be female in this room, you came from a rib. All right? Read the Bible, you'll find out that. We don't have time to talk about it. All right? If you think you're another gender, you're not. Okay? Just want to let that be clear. All right? God created Adam and Eve, male and female. All right? That's pretty clear. Growing up, I never even considered there was not more than two genders. I also never considered that I could grow up and be a cat. I don't care how much I believe I'm a cat. I'm still not going to become a cat. All right. I mean, you know, it just, that's just the way it is. It's genetics. But you, as a human being, you came from dust or from a rib, depending on whether you're male or female. I mean, you know, 
Now you realize, I don't know if you've ever studied, you know, you know, what is it, biology, I guess? You know, I mean, all, I mean, do you realize how many joints and organs and all these things that happen in your body? I mean, think about it. You came from either dust or a rib. I mean, it, it, your, your body is so incredible, all, all the things. I mean, even your reflexes. Do you realize without thinking, if someone throws something at your face, well, you're going to reach up and try to stop it? Or you're going to duck? You're going to do, I mean, you know, your reflexes, now sometimes your reflexes are a little slow and it hits you in the face, but at least you'll try to get out of the way. Even, you know, it's just, it's just natural. Even if you're, if you're driving a car, all right, or riding in a car, doesn't matter what you, if you're in a car and there happens to be a bug coming right at your windshield, even though it's not going to hit you because there's a windshield, you'll still try to duck or something like that. Why? Because it's just reflexes. Well, you know, dust doesn't have reflexes. Ribs doesn't have reflexes. But God created you from, I mean, you know, so it's just incredible what God can do. So, you know, if you need healing, I mean, how, how easy is that for God? All right, if there's finances, whatever. I mean, that's not hard for God. Now it might be hard for you. And so what happens is we try to put our own knowledge and, and, you know, if something seems hard, we're like, well, that's impossible. Well, I'm going to tell you it's impossible to say, let there be light and the light comes on. Now, if you walk in a room that's dark and you say, let there be light, there's not going to be light coming on. Now, I know some of you have a smart home and you might say, Alexa, turn the lights on and the lights come on. But it's because you hooked it up. All right. Or some of you that are not as smart, you walk in the room and clap your hands and it comes on because you have a clapper. You're like, what's a clapper? Google that and you'll find out. You know, for some of us that grew up in a great generation, that we knew that there was a commercial that says, clap on, clap off, we can turn our lights on with a clap. It was the first generation of a smart home, all right? It's called the clapper. And, um, you know, but the only reason that works is because you hooked it up, all right? But, um, you know, God can do the impossible. And so our faith is in him. So when it, when, when, it should, faith should be easy. And so when the devil is trying to tell you it's not going to happen, then you need to tell the devil, you've lost. Remember 2,000 years ago? You lost. Now, the Bible says the devil is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Anybody ever read that scripture? Now, you realize that word may? You know why that word is there? Because he has no right and no ability to devour you. But you can give him the right and ability by listening to him. By not believing or, or not trusting in God. It's just that simple. All right, we'll start next week. in Part two. Of the, now, I do want to let you know is that um, in Synergy, I started the faith series back in 
in September, and we still haven't. So two weeks on faith is not a lot, okay? Just want to let you know that. Um, my cl- I, I teach 13 sessions in my class, Faith Library 2 coming up, uh, on the same thing. So two, two, I mean, two messages on faith is pretty short. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, and we praise you, we magnify you. Father God, we just thank you to help, to help us understand faith like never before. Father, we thank you that you've done so much for us and you love us so much. And you sent your, you sent your only son to this earth to, to redeem mankind. But Father God, we thank you if anyone is here today that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We thank you that today that they'll make him Lord and Savior of their life. Or maybe there's someone here today that doesn't know whether they're saved or not. They've never asked him to become Lord and Savior of their life. If you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I've never been saved and I want to today, lift your hand. We want to pray with you across this auditorium. If you're here this morning and say, I've never been saved and I want to be saved. Or maybe you're here and you say, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. You know what? You can live in a garage and not become a car. It's like you can come to church and not be saved. If you've never had what my grandfather calls a no-so experience, lift your hand because you can know so. Or maybe here today and you say, Craig, I want to publicly rededicate myself to God today. I've, one time I was walking with him, I've turned my back and I went away. But today I want to come back. On any invitation, anyone here that, that wants to be saved or wants to have a no-so experience. Or maybe here today and you say, I'm saved, I know I'm saved, but I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 4 said they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. I tell you what, you can make it to heaven without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but it's so much better here on the earth to have it. If that's you, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, lift your hand, we want to pray with you right now across this auditorium. I'm looking, I want to make sure. Heavenly Father, I don't see any hands, but we thank you, Father, if anyone is in this room or watching online that's not saved. We want to thank you, Father, that laborers will come across their path on a daily basis. We want to thank you, Father, that that they will be saved in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.